What's up, gang? It's Brent from Burgundy Blog. It is pretty late on Friday night. Uh, it's almost midnight. The third round and the second day of the 2020 NFL Draft is wrapping up right now. And the Redskins did make another pick today. Anto- uh, Antonio Gibson, wide receiver slash kick returner slash miscellaneous position on offense guy out of Memphis. He's a little bit of a mystery. Very interesting pick. So I thought I would do a quick, quick little mini pod here to record a few thoughts on how the draft has shaken out for the Redskins so far um, through the first three rounds and for other teams with direct implications on the Redskins. Overall, uh, despite having only two picks, I think the Redskins have done a pretty good job. I think the other teams in the NFC East have had some good, some bad, and I think a few other things outside of their direct control have unfolded contrary to how the Redskins probably would have hoped. All right. First of all, um, isn't it isn't it kind of interesting how little time uh, probably even needs to be spent discussing the pick of Chase Young, considering how uh, incredibly valuable that number two pick was as an asset, and how unbelievably important he probably will be to the Redskins' effort under Ron Rivera to totally remake themselves. I mean, he's immediately the most talented player on the team. It's pretty likely that in less than twelve months he'll be the best overall player on the team. And I think he also is instantly one of the two most important players on the team in terms of impact or influence on how good the Redskins get in, say, the next three years. The other being Haskins, and that's just because Haskins is the quarterback. So Chase Young is already an immensely important Redskin, but I don't feel like I need to spend too much time talking about him right now because it was really obvious that he should have been the pick. I'm glad he was the pick. Ron and Kyle deserve kudos, obviously, for making him the pick. I mean, doing the right thing and the smart thing, and even if it's the obvious thing, absolutely is worthy of praise because many important decision makers in the NFL fail to do that routinely, make the obvious right move. But it was, it definitely was. Trading back wasn't the right move because there obviously was not an option to receive in return the sort of compensation that would have been necessary to offset the drop between or the drop from Chase Young to any other player in the entire draft class in expected career productivity. If some whopping deal had been there, then, then it would be a, a topic of discussion. If such a, an offer had, had been rumored or had actually been made and accepted by, say, the Lions at number three, then it would be worth talking about why they didn't do it. But it wasn't even there to be had. So there was no awesome tradeback option. And there's like no discussion to be podcasted about whether some other player should have been the pick at number two instead. I mean, Akuda, Simmons, Derek Brown, no way. Chase was the guy quarterback? Maybe. I mean, maybe there are two believers. I I admit myself to have been maybe 25 or 30% seduced by the aura of Tua over the last couple weeks. I mean, I do think he'll be great. I like him a lot. I'll be rooting for him and following him closely. But the injury risk was just too much to get past. And the injury risk, plus the fact that you have a mid-first round pick at quarterback from last year, even if the jury is still out on him, There was just a little bit too much in the con column if you're doing pros and cons for Tua. So Chase Young was the obvious pick. They made it. Good for Ron. Good for Kyle. I think he's going to be an extreme badass. He could get double-digit sacks as a rookie. He's already big enough, strong enough, fast enough, polished enough. I mean, he won't be as good as a rookie as he will eventually be, 
but he's going to be awesome right away. I hope to some degree he will unlock uh, Montez Sweat and, and the interior guys too. I really hope that his influence will help compensate for what I believe is still a, a very shaky and let's just say it, a weak uh, defensive secondary for the Redskins. They added Kendall Fuller. He's a good player. He's definitely not a panacea. They were bad there. They're going to need to get coached up hard. I think they'll be better because the coaching will be better. But right now, that secondary is Landon Collins and Kendall Fuller, who are good, not great players, and a bunch of other guys who, frankly, you're just hoping can be average. And some of them won't be. So the pass rush needs to be really good because the back end probably won't be that good. And I'll close with this. It can't just be good. In fact, like really good. It might not be enough. The Redskins have spent a first round pick on one of their current defensive linemen in each of the last four years in a row. Allen, Payne, Sweat, Young. And then Kerrigan, the elder statement, represents a fifth first round pick. Five of their own homegrown first round picks. These are not like first rounders who kind of washed out elsewhere and then signed small deals here. Five of their own native first round picks are current Redskins defensive linemen. When you spend that much capital, when you assign that many resources to one position group, five of your first round picks, it's got to be like the best in the league. That group must be the best or, or, or at least one of the two or three best in the league. It has to not only be the identity of the team, but it must be legitimately elite or you've done it wrong because you've cost every other position group talent and attention in, in making that decision repeatedly. And uh, it, it could work. I hope it works. I mean, the Niners did uh, something a little bit like that in recent years and it definitely worked for them. But that line better be absolutely dominating all season and injuries are not an excuse. They're incredibly deep there. So I, I think it can work and I hope it works, obviously. But I will be holding that line now that Chase uh, Young has been added to it to an incredibly high standard this year. Um, so the Redskins didn't have a second round pick. They were unable to get back up into the second round. I'll come back to the um, continued untradeability of Trent Williams in a minute. But with the second pick in the third round, they did make a selection. And it's Antonio Gibson out of Memphis, whose position uh, may as well be like Decepticon because he, he does everything with the ball. Now, I'm going to admit um, off the top, I, I do not consider myself even an amateur Bush League level pseudo wannabe expert on Antonio Gibson. Um, in my pre-draft research, which consists mainly of scanning mock drafts, Googling dudes' names, watching a few highlight reels set to rap songs with filthy language, and then reading a draft profile uh, or five, depending on um, how hooked I am at that point. In that research, I really did not get very deep into Antonio Gibson. I was aware of him. He was, he was on my radar in a sense that um, he was projected to be a second, third, or fourth round um, pick. I think I probably didn't gravitate towards him for a couple reasons. Um, one being he really only had one, one year of big-time production. And even in his one big season, he really didn't have a ton of touches. So even the legit draft gurus mostly consider him kind of a wild card. Secondly, he went to Memphis, and I never watched Memphis. And thirdly, I guess, I mean, perhaps subconsciously, I was kind of turned off by the fact that he, he wasn't clearly a running back or a receiver. And of course, there's a little bit of, of a stigma attached to any positionless person on either side of the ball. But in hindsight, this was kind of dumb, because if, you know, if you think about it, Scott Turner, the Redskins' new offensive coordinator, first of all, we know the Redskins have lacked uh, dynamic 
offensive weapons at the skill positions. For a long time, we know that they've been actively pursuing one or more, including Amari Cooper. Everyone just kind of implicitly has known that they need more firepower. And, and so when you look at Scott Turner, well, who was his favorite player um, with the Panthers? Well, it's Christian McCaffrey, who, who's a, a, a rare, utterly unique talent for sure. But he's, he's a positionless offensive weapon, like to the fullest. I mean, more so than most guys who ha- kind of have that label. He's, he's pretty darn close in real life to half running back, half receiver. So the idea that I would kind of dismiss um, a prospect who didn't fit cleanly into one or the other uh, in my draft prep for this year was idiotic um, because that's exactly what they were looking for. And, um, you know, w- when you look at the stuff on Gibson, that's uh, probably his best attribute is versatility. But also, there's some pretty, pretty good reason to get a little hypey over this pick because he, he is kind of a physical freak. I think freak probably gets overused. But he's a big dude. He's like 6'1", 225, super fast. I'm pretty sure he ran under 4'4". He has super thick, strong, muscular legs. Uh, it's obvious uh, even on tape. So physically, he's, he's kind of freaky deaky. And the highlights uh, match the freakiness. He had a ton of big play home run touchdowns. He averaged something like 15 yards per touch and over 11 yards per carry last year. Totally ridiculous, ridiculous numbers. And in fact, the, the, the per touch uh, average, I'm pretty sure, set the pace in Division One. So he's a big play running back who's also a legit deep threat and good at kick and punt returns. That um that makes for a pretty awesome ceiling. And you know, if he if he hits or even approaches that ceiling, that, that truly is exactly what the Redskins need. A guy that can play, I guess, I don't want to say the Chris Thompson role, because actually I think JD McKissick, who they signed in free agency, is is probably a little more pegged for the Chris Thompson role, more of like a third down back. I think that yeah, they'll be pegging Gibson for kind of a poor man's. McCaffrey role, some running back, some receiver, a lot of special teams as a rookie. Now, if the guy's going to be McCaffrey um, or freaking Roger Craig, like I just made him out to be, then why did he last to the third round would be a reasonable question. Yeah, there are definitely reasons. Uh, number one, um, he, he really just did have the one big year. He was a transfer from JUCO where he started his college career because his grades in high school were terrible. And then uh, as a junior, he sat behind um, two other dudes who eventually got drafted, one of, one of whom was uh, Daryl Henderson. And then I- even in his one year of um, substantial playing time, for all of his awesome numbers, he, he's not a polished route runner at all. He's very raw uh, as a receiver who's running mostly deep routes or, or screens and dump offs. And most people agree that he, he doesn't have like a real natural feel for the running back position in terms of like vision and tempo to approach the line after handoff. Really, he's just super raw. So that's why he, he was available in the third round instead of going in the top 10 like Marshall Falk. But I do like the pick a lot the more I uh, w- watch him and uh, read about him. The Redskins already had a bunch of running backs. Peterson, Geis, Love, uh, hopefully Love is healthy. McKissick and Peyton Barber, and now Gibson, who's half running back. It's crowded. Um, those guys are not all going to make the team, but I don't really see Gibson as redundant. Even with McKissick, Gibson's bigger, and he definitely should be better. Also, as far as I can tell, he's been very healthy, which means the two most durable backs on this team right now are probably him and Peyton Barber. And I have a feeling that Rivera is going to be placing a pretty high premium on availability. Then again, Peterson in recent years has been pretty darn healthy too, hasn't he? I think you just got to worry that it's eventually going to catch up with him, being that he's 59. 
So yeah, I think I think the Redskins did a good job in these three rounds with o- only two picks. Um, I think they got a big time playmaker on both sides of the ball. By the way, uh, Doug Farrar, longtime NFL analyst and writer, uh, seems to be affiliated primarily with USA Today right now. He did um, kind of a long sit down with Gibson that um, I tweeted the link to, and it's worth reading. And um, in, in the title and introduction of that piece. Farrar described Gibson as the most explosive player in the 2020 draft period. Possibly hyperbolic, but that got my attention. I think they, uh, the Redskins needed to add speed and dynamic playmaking on both sides of the ball, and uh, they seem to have done it so far. So the thing, of course, that has not gone well so far is the Redskins' uh, attempt to trade Trent Williams. Every freaking team that had previously engaged with the Redskins on Trent drafted a tackle either in the first or second round. That includes most notably the Browns, Jets, Bucks, and Vikings. There had been some very um, heavy rumoring and somewhat speculative reporting uh, that the Browns were going to be a major player for Trent Williams. I also independently had a tip on Twitter that there were terms of a deal for Trent basically in place with the Browns. That obviously turned out to be incorrect, or at least it was neutralized when Jedrick Wills uh, fell to them at number 10. And so now I think pretty clearly um, the Redskins as an organization look really dumb for how they've handled him over the past year. Bruce Allen primarily, but I think you, you know, it's also fair to second guess a little bit uh, Rivera's strategy because, well, it hasn't worked. Trent and his agent also just look dumber and dumber by the day because they've been very unclear about their reasons for the acrimony between player and team. There was the whole thing about his uh, scalp tumor, which he pushed and pushed, but then refused to push to the very end when the Redskins offered to make themselves available for basically an an investigation of their recommendations to him, and, and he declined it. Since then, it's become pretty clear that really this is mainly about money and probably was largely about money all along. But then guess what? He turned down eight figures last year for either some principle which turned out to be kind of sketchy or really for no reason at all. He's not going to make that money back. Now he's alienated himself from the only team he's ever played for, where prior to, to all this, he was really worshipped as a hero. He, he and his agent couldn't find a single team that was willing to pay him big bucks and trade even a second rounder for him. Uh, for, you know, over a month leading up to the draft. And now, four or five teams are opting for unproven rookies over trading even a collection of day three picks for him. This has to be humbling. I think this has to be a little bit humiliating for him. And it just sucks. It sucks for the Redskins, it sucks for Trent, and it sucks for Redskins fans. Because at this point, he's either going to get traded for way too little, or he's going to hold out again and nobody will benefit from his talent. Or he's going to play, but it's going to be super awkward and possibly toxic and almost certainly only for one more year in the first year of what will clearly be a rebuild. And even all that just seems super unlikely because I can't even really fathom him playing for the Redskins again. I'd say at this point, best case scenario is either a couple of picks tomorrow from a team that we didn't even really realize was in the running. Uh, San Fran has been rumored. Or a decent pick in the 2021 draft, which I I think honestly would be fine because we don't really need an extra rookie to compete in 2020, as stated in recent episodes. I think they're going to be pretty bad this year, and I don't think two fourth rounders is going to change that very much. 
both parties overplayed their hands here. And it's mainly because Trent Williams' value, as perceived by the league, is just not currently what he thought it was or what Bruce Allen thought it was. And it's looking more and more every day like it's not even what Ron Rivera thinks it is. Going around the division quickly, I thought the Giants reached a little for Andrew Thomas, but it wasn't exactly a disaster, and they definitely needed a tackle. I think their better pick is their second rounder, Xavier McKinney. The safety out of Alabama, he was good value there. I think uh, he's a little rangier than Landon Collins, and, and it's possible he'll turn out to be as, as good a player as Collins was for them. So they only had two picks also. Um, they did pretty well. I thought the Cowboys got a steal in CeeDee Lamb. He's going to be a big headache, especially for the Redskins' crappy secondary. Um, a lot of people are uh, freaking out about them getting Trayvon Diggs too. I, I think Diggs is actually a little bit overrated, so that one didn't impress me much. And then the Eagles, um, I don't really love their draft. They got Jalen Ragor, who maybe will be, um, maybe will be, even he's super fast. He'll probably be a pretty dynamic player for them on offense. But Jalen Hurts, even if you like him, I, I don't know about drafting him onto that team with Carson Wentz, who's making a ton of money and who, as far as I can tell, is very, very sensitive and has some chemistry issues in that locker room already. I kind of feel like the Eagles just drafted a controversy. I guess you could say that while Wentz is making all this money, you're just kind of grooming Hurts and you'll use him as a Taysom Hill kind of gadget guy. Maybe it'll pay off. I do think Doug Peterson's kind of creative. And I, I like Hurts. I like him as, as a player. I thought, you know, mid-second was a little rich. But in general, not a big reach. I just, I don't know about that fit. And uh, you know, I'm not, not particularly worried about it. I kind of hope that that causes problems for them. All right, the Redskins currently hold five more picks in the final four rounds. I really hope they just follow their board and, and try to grab good, um, underrated, undervalued players. I don't really care too much if they're redundant. I think they could use anything on the offensive line. I think they could absolutely still add a receiver. I think there's a screaming need for a tight end or two. I can see that running back would probably not be wise, nor quarterback, especially with Kyle Allen already in the fold, at least not until, you know, the very end. On defense, all right, probably it would be a little excessive to draft another defensive lineman, but I would have no trouble appreciating a good linebacker of any variety or corner or safety. In fact, I still think free safety is potentially a need. I think corner is, is kind of a loud need. And I'll be shocked if the two linebackers, Rivera and Del Rio, don't draft themselves another one of those to add to the mix. Some of my favorite remaining players are um, Harrison Bryant out of FAU as a tight end. Antonio Gandy-Golden out of Liberty is a big receiver. Bryce Hall out of UVA would be an awesome get in the fourth round. He's a corner. He has fallen because of injury and because he, he was not blazing fast to begin with, but he's just an awesome player. There's a tackle out of Auburn, Prince Tega Winogo. A lot of people thought he could go in the third. That would be a sly play. And uh, I'm excited to see what else uh, Kyle Smith comes up with. I'll definitely be tweeting, so follow me at Burgundy Blog if you don't. And uh, I will try to do another pod next week to wrap it all up. 